being one of the best defensive players in baseball already has made he, Brian Hayes, a building block for the Pittsburgh Pirates' future now and later after his eight-year, $70 million contract extension. The defense is there. He could potentially have a gold glove season in 2023, but when does the offense and the bat eventually catch up to the defensive production that we get from Key Brian Hayes, and will that propel him into superstar status if it can happen in 2023? I'm here to tell you how it can on Locked On Pirates. You are Locked On Pirates. Your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome back to that Pirates podcast, everybody. My name is Ethan Smith, host of the Locked On Pirates podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates, every single day. And the 2023 season preview series has brought us to arguably the most important player we've talked about so far, and that is key Brian Hayes. Of course, last year, prior to the 2022 season, some of the biggest news we got out of the Pittsburgh Pirates last year was the extension of key Brian Hayes on an eight-year $70 million extension, the biggest contract ever given out to a player on the Pittsburgh Pirates in the team's history, surpassing Jason Kendall's seven-year $60 million deal. And it's very nice to see that the Pirates did that last year, and we saw some good production from Key Brian Hayes last year. He was a finalist again for the Gold Glove Award at the third base position. We know the defense is there. This could potentially be a Gold Glove caliber season for Key Brian Hayes, a guy who has been in the 93rd, 97th, and 99th percentile uh, according to Baseball Savant, in terms of outs above average. You know the defense is there, but when does the offense eventually pick up and maybe even come close to the defensive production? Now, when I say this, when I'm talking about his offensive production catching up to his defensive production, that would imply that Key Brian Hayes, just based off of the percentile of outs above average and just how good he is defensively in terms of not committing errors and all of that other stuff that he does phenomenally with his glove at third base, that would imply, I mean, a 300 average with a 950 OPS. That's just not going to be what we expect out of Key Brian Hayes. And there has been some discourse uh, from fans about giving Key Brian Hayes this major contract based off of what we've seen from his bat thus far. 2021 to me was not that great of an indicator because he had that nagging wrist injury that he got on the second day of the season against the Cubs, never came back and he was never the same. But if you look at last season, that's where things get a little interesting. So here are Key Brian Hayes' statistics just at a glance, but we're definitely going to be going deep into a lot of different stuff here on why I believe that Key Brian Hayes could get to what Fangraphs is uh, potentially projecting for him. Uh, of course, last year, a 244 average with a 314 on base percentage and a 345 slugging with a three war. A lot of that war, of course, came from his defensive production and an 88 WRC plus, and that was over 560 plate appearances, which here, Fangrass does have uh, him projected to play the same amount of games with a bit more 
plate appearances, about 28 more plate appearances, four more home runs, and they see the average, the on-base percentage, and the slugging all going up as well as the uh, WOBA and his WRC+, plus, as well as his war staying about the same. If Key Brian Hayes comes into the 2023 season and we see a 251, uh, 251 319, 383 slash line, and his defensive production either stays the same or gets better, that is no doubt a win in my book for Key Brian Hayes in terms of offensive production. And that's just because the ceiling on his batting does not need to be that great. That contract was signed uh, for Key Brian Hayes, and he signed it with the Pirates, both of them knowing that he was a defensive anchor over at the third base position. That is what he always will be as long as he continues to stay healthy and be that defensive anchor at the position. The bat now is just the cherry on top of a very, very team-friendly deal for a very long time that gives the Pirates some uh, flexibility to spend some money in future years when they are in a contention window, which could be as early as this year if things go to plan, could be as soon as next year if things stay on the course. So it gives the Pirates flexibility, and when you're looking at the bat skills of Key Brian Hayes, it gets really interesting because we have seen him tweak his swing already. We've seen changes in his swing already. Uh, You look based off of his stance in April or May of last year versus his stance in August, and it was very different. And we also saw Key Brian Hayes drop in the lineup at points as well. He went from leading off games to batting around fifth. I think that's something that you could see for Key Brian Hayes this year, but I also wouldn't mind him batting where he bats the best in his career at 307 at the second base spot or or the second, not the second base spot. (laughs) Sorry, we had our second base episode yesterday, but the second spot in the order, he actually bats the best at the second spot in the order. A lot of times with a good leadoff hitter in front of him. I do believe that Adam Frazier was that guy for him after he came back off of injury because Adam Frazier was just getting on base like it was none of his business at all in the 2021 season. And he batted very, very well at that point at that second uh, spot in the uh, second spot. So I honestly wouldn't mind something for Key Brian Hayes to see a potential offensive uptick with a guy like Andrew McCutcheon or O'Neill Cruz or even a Brian Reynolds leading off in front of him and getting on base so that he has more ample opportunity for RBIs. And that's something that I would like to see from Key Brian Hayes as far as offensive production goes is you want to see that RBI number go up. I'm not necessarily worried so much about the home run numbers because if we're going to take a look at home run numbers, this is a fascinating chart from uh, Baseball Savant. By the way, all of this is available to you guys at Baseball Savant uh, StatCast. If you want to kind of dabble more into what I don't talk about here about Key Brian Hayes, but this is your expected home runs by the ballpark that you would have played in for an entire year. And you see the Key Brian Hayes on his career, 18 career home runs, uh, has went up by one every single year. So that would mean he'd hit eight this year if he stays on the course. But the only ballparks that he would have hit less home runs in if he was not playing for the Pittsburgh Pirates would have been the St. Louis Cardinals in division at 15, um, the New York Mets at 16, it appears the Twins at 13, the Tigers at nine, the Royals at 12, 
the Blue Jays at 13 and the A's at 16. But you look across this chart as far as his expected home runs, and he was hitting the ball very well last year. And there was just a lot of balls that just weren't getting out of PNC. But you look across the ballparks that he could have potentially played in if he played on other teams, like the Chicago White Sox, where he would have had 24 expected home runs. You look at other ones where he would have had 24. I mean, look at Milwaukee. He would have had 24. He would have had 28 in Cincinnati, 20 in Baltimore, uh, 22 in Colorado, over 20 in San Francisco and L.A. and Atlanta. He would have had over 20 home runs in Philadelphia, Los Angeles with the Angels, Houston. So it's just a matter of the ballpark that he's playing in on the home run numbers. Those home run numbers, especially with what I'm going to get into in the next segment, will definitely see an uptick if he fixes one big thing about his approach at the plate. But before we get into that, I want to let you guys know about the wonderful people over at FanDuel. Of course, make every moment more at FanDuel.com slash locked on. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. So you get the spread. You get the money line. You get the totals for your NBA bets. You can also do player props where you get player points, rebounds, assists, etc. Or if you think you really want to get fancy, you can combine all of their points, rebounds, and assists, and you get so many more exclusive bets like the two times three bet, which is two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes for a specific player. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more and make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the National Basketball Association and the LockedOn Podcast Network. So... Fangraphs always has the MLB percentile rankings, which have been turned into a meme, if you guys know about the dog and him meme and all that stuff. But also, these are a very, very good metric of what you could see in a player, where they need to improve in terms of MLB average percentile rankings. As you can see, the poor average great scale, with great being red, average being just white or like a neutral color, and blue being the poor um, percentile. And Immediately, you should see things that are going to catch the eye with Key Brian Hayes when you look at his percentile rankings. Of course, the outs above average ranking is in the 99th percentile. There's no no surprise there, considering he led all of third basemen in outs above average last year. And then you look at some of his neutral things, uh, ex, uh, expected batting average, 55, uh, K rate, 44, batting uh, based on balls average, 55, sprint speed, 64, chase rate, 63. Those are kind of his neutrals. Then you get into where he does well, which is the average exit velocity being in the 85th percentile, his max exit velocity being in the 89th, his hard hit percentage being in the 84th, his whiff rate being in the 75th percentile. So you'd like to see those kind of things as well as his chase rate being in the 63rd percentile. Arm strength, I don't even look at that in terms of his defensive ability, but where the issue becomes a big thing in terms of his approach at the plate is his K rate and his barrel rate. 
So his barrel rate being in the 13th percentile, I think, is where things get the most uh, stressful in terms of what's going on for Key Brian Hayes not to take that next step in terms of his offensive production. And we go to this now where you see his pitch tracking. Now, again, I love teaching people about Baseball Savant if you don't already use it because it's a phenomenal tool to take a look at some of your favorite players and guys that are if you want to make an argument about a guy, hey, Baseball Savant will usually give you the answer you're looking for. And pitch tracking is actually one of those um, very phenomenal metrics that I love to use. And this breaks down fastballs, breaking balls, and off-speed pitches and a player's stats accordingly to what they saw in terms of the type of pitch. So obviously fastballs could include sinkers and fastballs. Breaking pitches could include um, sliders and change-ups. And off-speeds could, of course, usually the curveball or the, um, the sweeping slider or stuff like that. You look at 2021, and he was around the range of hitting the baseball well in terms of the fastballs and off-speed. You see the 273-268 average. Um, of course, his expected batting average was way lower on off-speed in 2021, so that says a lot about when you move to the 2022 rate of which he was hitting off-speed pitches, which was his lowest uh, batting average of pitches that he saw at a 189 with a 219 expected batting average and a three on two, uh, 302 slugging. So that's where I think a lot of this gets very interesting is if you just compare the whiff rates, for example, on fastballs, which clocks in at a 14.4, then you go to breaking pitches where it skyrockets to a 31.6. And then, of course, Osby goes up at a 19.1. Even his put away percentage goes uh, down in terms of Osby to fastballs as well. And of course, these metrics are going to be a little interesting to look at because you're always going to see more fastballs and you're going to see breaking pitches or off speed. But most of the time when you're in a two strike count, it's very good to look at these kind of metrics to see how a guy like he Brian Hayes does against breaking pitches and off speed. And as you can see, he doesn't do all that great against these kind of pitches, which is kind of concerning. And that's where a lot of this barrel rate comes into play because a guy with an 85th percentile average exit velocity you would think has a pretty high barrel rate, but that was one of the reasons why he wasn't hitting a ton of home runs last year because the barrel rate that he had was so low and he wasn't getting it on the ball really at all that you were seeing these kind of things for him struggle to get out of the ballpark in terms of these hard hit balls that he would have because his hard hit ball average is fine. You look at his hard hit ball average here and run value by pitch type, which gives a specific breakdown of every single pitch that he saw last year. and his hard hit percentage on fastballs and four seamers is a 57.7 and a 51% on sinkers. But then you start moving across the other pitches. I mean, you see 39% on the slider, 34% on the curveball, 41% on the changeup, even 45.8 on the cut fastball, which is very interesting, and 20% on the splinter, where he only saw it 17 times. But for pitches that he saw over 150 times, he struggled against the slider and the curveball. I mean, there's no doubt about that. It, it's talked about in the batting average. It's talked about in the whiff rate, which was way, way higher than any of these other numbers you see for over 100 pitches that he saw. And even his K rate was much, uh, much higher. I mean, 16% uh, 16% strikeout rate with the sinker then jumps up to a 27% strikeout rate on the slider and a 28.1% strikeout rate on the curveball with a 22.5% put-away percentage. So why do all these stats matter? Well, for... 
instances in terms of making it more simple. Key Brian Hayes has always struggled with stuff up on his hands and stuff away. He's always struggled in that department. It is something that we've seen from him since he debuted in 2020. It's something we saw from him when he came back from injury in 2021. Anything on his hands, so anything up here close to his hands, he struggles with. Anything sweeping away, be it a curveball, a slider, a changeup low in the zone, he's always struggled with. So if he can find a way to improve that chase rate that uh, is I'm also going to get into in the final segment, as well as bringing that strikeout total down and finding more barrels on the baseball, then you're going to start seeing that percentile ranking that I brought up before with the average exit velocity around 85% and the hard hit percentage around 84%. Let's say that barrel percentage goes up from 13% to about 25%, so a 12% difference. Imagine a 12% difference in your batting average against curveballs versus what it was last year. So that would mean you go back to what his batting average was against, let's say, breaking stuff, 229. You add those numbers together, that means he's very close to what his batting average would be against fastballs at a 12% upgrade. I mean, a 12% upgrade from 229, if I'm doing my math correctly, it would be 241, which would no doubt bring his average up. And then even to say, let, let's just cut it in half and take 6% better on the off-speed pitches, that's a 195. No doubt that's, no doubt that's just going to keep bringing your batting average up and inherently is going to make you better against fastballs as well. So that's something that I definitely think he, Brian Hayes, should look to improve at because he's already hitting the ball hard. He already has the hard hitting down. He already has the average exit velocity down. The expected batting average is already above average for him. The chase rate is already above average and the whiff rate is above average, but that's in terms and being very heavily carried by what he does against the fastball. And the whiff rate, obviously, is going to go up on these other kind of pitches because a lot of times you're seeing them in two-strike counts, so it's very hard to read, and you're going to end up chasing a lot. But that's why we're going to talk about that here more in just a moment. But I want to talk to you guys about Locked On MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is covering the stars of tomorrow. He's actually in the middle of his breakdown of every single farm system that is going around in the major league level. There's going to be a lot of fun prospects coming up to the major league level this year, like Gunnar Henderson for the Pittsburgh Pirates. We could be seeing Quinn Priester and Andy Rodriguez eventually coming up. So lots of excitement surrounding prospects heading into 2023 all around baseball. And Lindsey Crosby is covering all of that. Also, make sure you go check out the other Pittsburgh Locked On Podcast Network podcast where it's your team every day. Of course, Christopher Carter is in the offseason with the Pittsburgh Steelers covering everything you need to know about the draft in the offseason for the Pittsburgh Steelers after a tumultuous 2023 season. Hunter Hodes is in the middle of the NHL season right now as the Penguins are going down the home stretch and hopefully going to fight for a playoff spot. He's also covering everything going on ahead of the trade deadline for a Pittsburgh Penguins team that really needs it. Also, Nick Farbot locked on Pitt has been all over Pitt basketball, which is leading the ACC in terms of record right now. And then obviously you have the locked on MLB podcast network. So make sure you check all of that stuff out. Now, going back to key Brian Hayes for just uh, for this entire episode and going back to what I was talking about in a minute, I finally found an interesting graphic that I never knew I would find on baseball savant and this is a very interesting graphic that i found because it shows average in terms of swinging and taking pitches and it also shows the strike zone 
which they break down into four tiers. The heart of the strike zone, the shadow of the strike zone, which the shadow is usually where you'll see some of those calls where you're like, was that really a ball? Was that really a strike? The chase zone, which means that it's completely out of the zone and rarely ever called a strike. And then the waste zone, which is waste pitches that pitcher players would be crazy to swing at. So we'll start in the heart and then we'll move down uh, through the shadow, the chase and the waste. So in the heart of the zone, you can see Hayes saw 558 pitches in the heart of the zone, which was a 29% in terms of the pitches that he saw last year. And he was a negative 12 run value in terms of what we saw, or a 12 run value actually. Oh yeah, negative 12 run value. Sorry, that is a negative. I apologize. Um, Negative 12 run value in terms of just being a hitter last season. And you look at the heart and then you could see via swing and take. So he was swinging 67% of the time with stuff that was in the heart of the zone, which is what you want to see. You want to see something. If it's in the heart of the zone, down the middle, fastball, be it whatever, you want to see him. Uh, you want to see Key Brian Hayes and all the players on the Pittsburgh Pirates swing at that stuff. Then you look at his take rate, which was higher than league average at 33%. So his take rate at pitches in the heart of the zone was 33% with league average being 27%. So his take rate in the heart of the zone was 6% higher than what we usually see in the league. Which then we slide over to run value. As we talk about swings, where he swung 67% of the time, which is lower than league average at 73%. You don't want that. You want that to be either league average or above average in terms of swinging at the ball in the heart of the zone. Swing and miss, who cares? It's right there in the heart of the zone. You can look on that left side again and see what the heart of the zone is considered here by uh, Baseball Savant, and those are pitches you want your players swinging at. So why is this important? Well, you look at run value, and you have a minus uh, minus one swing run and minus 12 take runs. So that means only one time, Did he have a run value of negative one while swinging, but he took negative 12 runs in the heart of the zone? Now, that could a lot go back to the hitting coach that the Pittsburgh Pirates has and his needs to stress taking pitches last year, which I don't even want to mention his name right now. But that's a problem because cut that number in half like we cut the number in half for his breaking pitches batting average here. And you're talking about a guy that is hitting maybe double-digit home runs already and scoring runs for his team and even winning baseball games for his team. And you slide down more. Then you go to the shadow, which is still considered the strike zone, but also pitches that could be slightly out of the zone. And... He's below average on his swing again there at 49% compared to 54% and above average at his take rate again at 51% and 46% league average. So he had negative 12 swing run value and negative two take rates. Then you go to the chase window and he does a little bit better here in the chase window, which he saw a good amount of pitches here in the chase window as well. 22% swing rate. 24% average, so he was below average, or I believe it says 22%, I'm sorry, 22% swing average to a 20, uh, swing average on pitches in the chase zone versus a 24 league average, and his takes were a lot higher in that area as well, so 
the plate discipline is there, as we've seen again, with the chase rate, 63%. That's ex- directly where this comes from. And then the waste zone, of course, not that important. Um, but he was above league, uh, league average in his swing and below uh, league average in his takes, but considerably lower amount of pitches. Then we go to this um, graphic again. And this means that he had plus 16 take runs and minus 28 swing runs. You want that run value to be much higher. You want that to be a much higher metric. And what would that mean? This barrel rate going up, this expected um, XWOBA going up, expected batting average going up, expected slugging going up, K rate going down, which you don't want the percentage to go down. You want the percentage to go up, but it's K rate going down. So, Those are all things statistically that you can look at and get a good idea of, okay, he's hitting the ball hard, but why is it not going anywhere? Where can he improve in terms of not chasing out of the zone? Where can he improve in terms of where his pitches are being thrown at him and what he can do with them? These are all things you can see on Baseball Savant. I absolutely love the website. They even have a zone breakdown of where pitches are being thrown to him and how he performs in those zones. I was going to talk about that as well, but we'll talk about that a little bit more when spring training comes around with certain guys but taking all of what i've just said in this episode the biggest thing for key brian hayes again is bringing that barrel rate up continuing to get on base be it the walk singles hard hit balls keeping that average exit velocity high while bringing that barrel rate up and plenty of other things i mean there's plenty of things that he can do but i feel like i described it very well and how his offensive production can catch up to him in 2023. And what I would call a success for key Brian Hayes is anything above 250. After that, the slugging and the on-base percentage and all that will catch up to itself. The on-base percentage, the um, OPS, all of that will catch up to itself if he bats above 250, which we saw here from, uh, or I pulled it down actually, but Fangraphs had him projected at 251. If Key Brian Hayes brings the same, if not better, defensive production in 2023 with a 251 or a plus 250 average and a a good OPS, as well as a good on-base percentage and slugging numbers, I'm perfectly okay with that, and I could care less how many home runs he hits because then that means he has become a plus player for you. And as I mentioned earlier, we know he's a building block for the future and is going to be here for quite some time. And that offense is going to eventually catch up because he's a talented guy. He's a guy that has too much talent to bottle up at the plate, and it's something that I expect big things from for Key Brian Hayes in 2023. And as mentioned before, If the offensive production can even be close to the defensive production, the Pirates have a future all-star on their hands. Guys, thank you so much for tuning into the Locked on Pirates podcast today here on February 15th. On tomorrow's show, we're going to be talking about O'Neal Cruz and why the sky is the limit for him and what we could expect for him in 2023 and if he could be a breakout superstar for the Pittsburgh Pirates in 2023. And we'll talk about some of his improvements that he can make at the plate as well as how we talked about Key Brian Hayes today. We'll talk a little bit about this with O'Neal Cruz tomorrow. Make sure, again, that you go check out all the Locked On Pittsburgh podcasts, the Locked On MLB podcast, NFL, NBA, the entire podcast network that the Locked On Podcast Network has to offer, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates, or whatever team you root for every single day. My name is Ethan Smith of the Locked On Pirates podcast. Follow me on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked On Pirates, and I will see you guys tomorrow.